As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hello and welcome to another episode of Game Notes. I'm Dave DeFour. Of course, this would not be an episode of Game Notes without Tony Jones, because it is the Utah Jazz Podcast, the official Utah Jazz Podcast of The Athletic. Hi, Tony. What's up, y'all? How's everything today? Um, You know, it's fine, I guess. Just fine? Uh, like, well, just you fine? Know. I don't know, man. I'm running around my house, packing. I'm packing up my car because I'm about to road trip up to Milwaukee to hang out with uh, the Partnows for Thanksgiving. And uh, yeah, so I've been kind of. Why are we going to Milwaukee? Uh, I'm going to Milwaukee to have Thanksgiving with Seth and his family. Okay, so that that's yeah. Well, because my my wife is still overseas, and so. Uh, I, I will say this. It's, it's been very nice. I, I could say this here on this podcast because, it, you know, it just feels like it's just me and you and our our close buddies. Yes. My, my wife's been overseas for the last few months, and I was – this is really, really nice, but I was inundated with texts in the last month or so inviting me to Thanksgiving. I mean, Tony, you invited me to Thanksgiving about six weeks ago when I saw you in Dallas. But Seth and his wife were ahead of everybody. Because they invited me like beginning of September, which is, I mean, I I can't even believe I made plans that far in advance. So, um, yeah, so I'm going to drive up. It's going to be fun. I'm, I'm going to stop in Wichita and Des Moines on my way, two places that I can't come up with a reason to go otherwise. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm going to have my dogs with me. It'll be a good time. You guys doing anything so, for Thanksgiving? Oh, we're going to eat. I'm going to eat. <laughs> do you I'm now? Do you cook in your house? I mean, yeah. Who's the cook? Me. Are you the cook? Like I Thanksgiving am, dinner. You're making Thanksgiving dinner? I am the I am the cook in my house. I'm okay. going I'm going to listen. My boys are coming over. So I got like four of my four of my guys coming over. Okay. Um um me and my guy Q we're cooking the, the turkey. My boy Brian is coming over. With 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 his son, he's wait, made, wait, wait, he's, wait. How are you cooking your turkey? Huh? How are you going to cook cook your turkey? 
we're going to wet that thing up and put it in the oven. Oh, okay. So you're going to do like a brine, a, a wet yeah. brine. Okay. Yeah. You're going to inject it into the, into the muscle. Yes, exactly. Okay. okay. And, and, and it comes out, comes out nice and soft and, it, and it's just going to be delicious. And, um, my boy, Brian's bringing a ham. We're going to have, um, um, we're going to have mac and cheese. We're going to have, um, what, what kind of stuffing brain. you're from New York originally, right? Yes. So what kind of stuffing do you guys do in your house? I mean, I'm from the South, so we, it varies depending on where you are. So we do, we do the regular stovetop stuffing, but you know, the seasoning and all that good oh. stuff. So. Look, come on, man. Make it all from right, scratch. Which, which, Make it from scratch. Favorite, what is so, your favorite, what is your favorite? What is your favorite Thanksgiving food? Um, I mean, well, turkey is probably. Actually, that's not true. You know what? Here, the truth is, my favorite Thanksgiving food is pumpkin pie. And I would have right, both sides of my family when I was a kid, because I didn't really, I still don't really like being around a bunch of people. Um, I would have my own pumpkin pie that was set aside for me. I mean, wow. I felt I've I, like in hindsight, I feel really spoiled. But I my, had my, my own favorite, pumpkin my pie. Bro. Is, my favorite food is definitely the macaroni and cheese. Yeah, and I'm not a big mac and cheese guy. And I know that's like it's sacrilegious because I'm southern. And and man, my my mom and my grandma, they make really killer mac and cheese that everyone loves. Just not my thing. Yeah. I don't I don't know. I don't know. Just not a big pasta and cheese guy. But uh in my family. On my dad's side of the family, uh, they're near the water, oyster stuffing. I mean, oyster, sausage, and, and just and, – and they'll do it as uh, stuffing or as a – I guess as a dressing uh, with the oysters in it. But with sausage, they'll stuff. Yep. And then, and then cornbread stuffing on my mom's side. It just, it's funny, like, but in the South, man, the, the stuffing, the dressing, to me, I, I can't like, that matters more than the bird. I can't believe that you just said you're not a big mac and cheese guy. No, <laughs> because man, mac just... and cheese is the delicatessen to have on Thanksgiving. I, I now don't listen, know. jazz Look, fans. Listeners, agree, listeners, let us if know. You agree, I... jazz fans? Hit my mentions. Utah today. seems like a place that really loves some mac and cheese. I take that, take that however you want, guys. But it seems like a place that they really loves some mac and cheese. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events 
the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Let's talk about the jazz, Tony, because this is a jazz podcast. Unfortunately, not a food podcast. Maybe we should start one, though. Uh, The jazz got some help last night. We're recording this on Friday, the 19th of November. And Rudy Gay. Yeah, man. Rudy Gay makes his debut. And it was a hell of a debut. And, And Tony, you wrote about it over at The Athletic. You, you, you said he was magnificent, which I think is a perfect way to describe the game that he had. 20 points, 7 of 8 from the field, hit 5 out of 6 threes, 5 rebounds, and had a couple of assists, and he only played 18 minutes. That's production, man. That that's And if that's a guy coming off your bench, if he's able to, you know, when he gets into basketball shape, if he's able to give them 24, 26 minutes of high-level offense, whew, so we we had a a a we we started to get into uh, an interesting conference conversation off script, correct? Me and you, yeah. We just did, yes. We did. All right. So, how much would you play Rudy Gay on a nightly basis? Well, I think that this is that's an interesting question because he is older, and we've talked right, a lot about what right. We've talked a lot about what they've what they need to do for. Joe Ingles and for Mike Conley. And, you know, part of that is just that Rudy hasn't been there. But now that he is there and they're, they they need to ramp his activity up for the next couple months. Uh, but you're right. I, I think that that is an interesting question. Somewhere in that 20 I'm, to 25 minute range feels about right. 20, I'm probably playing them 22 to 25 minutes a night. Yeah. That's that's because what I, I feel. I have a feeling. I have a feeling that he's going to play thirty nights a night in the playoffs. Oh, I can see 30, that for sure. I have a I have a feeling he's going to play thirty minutes a night in the playoffs. I'm sorry, I misspoke. Thirty minutes a night in the playoffs, but I I would play him twenty two to twenty five minutes a night during the regular season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that feels about right, and and it's going to allow you to cut some of those Ingles and Conley minutes as well, right? When you have another high I, level, I don't know if it allows you to cut the Conley minutes. But well, we'll been see, cutting, right? They've been cutting the Conley minutes anyway. Conley's only playing twenty seven minutes a night. Oh yeah, I mean, so his his minutes have been way down, and now I mean, his minutes have been way down. His usage and his minutes have been way down. That's one of the reasons why the Jazz offense hasn't been moving hasn't been moving the ball as much. But the ball got moving last night. Um, um, I, I thought watching Rudy Gay uh, last night, his, the, the biggest impact that he had wasn't the scoring and it wasn't the, the I mean, obviously the shooting. It, it, you know, I, the shooting and the, and the scoring, that was obvious. I thought the biggest impact that Rudy Gay had on the Jazz last night and then went over Toronto was uh, how much his presence impacted Joe Ingles. Because Joe Ingles had pretty much been playing um, in a lineup that that hasn't had a lot of spacing, in lineups that haven't had a lot of spacing um, this season. And the way Rudy Gay was shooting and the way that um, Toronto had to pay attention to him after a while, in that second half, um, in that second half stint, you know, Joe Ingles was 
you know, he had so he had more spacing last night uh, to to work pick and roll to 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 kind of do the things that Joe Ingles does than than he had all season. And I think a lot of that was that Rudy Gay was on the floor, and obviously, you know, Jordan Clarkson was on the floor as well, and it just made. It, it just made that lineup really potent. And and that was the lineup obviously that um that that ultimately pulled away from 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 the Raptors. What about defensively? I mean, the, like you mentioned, the offensive stuff stands out with Rudy. I mean, moving the ball, and he even talked about that post game, which I, I thought you were very good to point out that he felt like he was moving the ball, which, you know, for a guy coming into a new situation where that ball does get popping. It, that that's important for him to to make the realization. Okay, I got to come in. I got to think about the point five, and he's been in San Antonio doing that. But on the defensive end, which is where we really think he's going to allow them some new opportunities. What did you see in his first game? I thought he was good defensively from a standpoint of. I thought he was good defensively from the standpoint of. You know, when he was on the floor, um, the floor shrunk because he's so big, right? Like he's, they list him as six eight. I'm, 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 I'm pretty certain he's bigger than six eight. I think he's six nine at least. You know, he was the same size as Chris Boucher. Um, he was basically the same height as Chris Boucher. You know, because Chris was guarding him last night, and and Chris is listed as you know, six eleven or something like that. Um, you know, and and it, it was just a mark. It was just such a remarkable difference when you see the Jazz on the wing without Rudy Gay in terms of what their size is on the wing, and then you see Rudy Gay on the wing, and it's just, you just look at it, and and the difference is stark. Even if Rudy Gay is thirty five years old, even if he doesn't move laterally the way he once moved, like you look at it, and like the Jazz are just a bigger team. Um, defensively, um, w- when he's on the floor, um, you know, and, and it's, it's, it, it, and, and I thought he helped that way. You know, I thought he got tired. He, you know, he obviously he admitted he got tired. Um, and he, he's got to work on his conditioning. Um, but you know, I, I thought defensively, I think I've always thought defensively he was going to help just because. Uh, of how big he is and you can you know you can really throw him on the wing and I you know and obviously offensively he's he's absolutely going to help um you know I've said this on this podcast before you know I, I just think that that for this group for what this specific group needs if Rudy Gay is the same Rudy Gay that that showed up in San Antonio if he stays healthy um he's he's potentially a game changer for this group you want to talk a little bit about this homestand that just finished up? Yeah, it didn't go. It. it didn't go quite as well as we thought it could. They come off a big win against the Hawks, and then they just stink up the place against the Pacers. Um, you know, it, it that lack of intensity kind of carried over. I thought into their following game against Miami. Uh, it's not amazing. This was not like a great homestand to go to lose. To lose two out of five at home, not a great homestand when you consider one of those losses was to the Pacers. I thought, yeah, it was was amazing because, like, you know, you would have thought coming into the homestand that they would have won four out of five, right? Yeah. Four out of five, kind of get rolling. 
Instead, you know, they played okay against Atlanta. They won the game. Um, they played okay against Atlanta. Um, they played their worst game of the year against Indiana. They probably played their second worst game of the year against Miami. Um, or you could even flip those. It, either or, both of those games were their two worst games of the season um, collectively. Um, you know, and they they play – they played pretty good against Philly, um, but Philly had absolutely nobody there. Like, um, there, there, I mean, nobody played. Um, but that being said, that, that looks like a better, that looks like a better win. Um, considering that, that Philly went and beat, uh, Denver, um, on, on Thursday night. Um, and then, um, and, and, you know, and then I thought they put together, like I, I thought that that the second half against um, the Raptors on Thursday night was maybe one of, a candidate for one of their best halves of the year. I thought it was a I really thought it was a terrific second half because I don't I don't think they played well defensively in the first half at all, and they completely flipped the switch and especially in the in the last five minutes of the third quarter, and then in the fourth quarter they put together a really good fourth quarter. Um, you know, yeah, they so, were disruptive. Yeah, they were disruptive defensively, and they were and they, and they hummed offensively. Like that was, that was the offense against the Raptors. That okay, the offense is is really humming. And when when the the Jazz had the personnel that you know they they should be really good against any defense they see. If if they have a, they had the personnel to beat switches. They had. I mean, I if you if you drop against them. I think they're the best. They're the best offense against a drop team in the league. Um, but you know, Toronto did something unique on Thursday, which was um, they hard tracked every pick and roll. So what they wanted to do was force the ball out of the guards' hands, whether it be Donovan Mitchell or, or Mike Conley or Joe Ingles or whoever, whoever the the pick and roll initiator was. They wanted to force the ball out of their hands force the ball into the hands of either Rudy Gobert or Hassan Whiteside and make them make decisions off the four on three, off the short roll. And the, the adjustment that the jazz did was they had Rudy Gay setting the pick. So when the ball got into his hands off the short roll, obviously he's a much better decision maker. Um, you know, so they did that a couple of times. Um, but, once the Jazz figured out what it was, I mean, they turned the ball over a lot in the first quarter. But once they figured out what it was, once they adjusted to it, um, they just started swinging the ball around and getting wide open looks. That's why they hit 19 threes, which was a season high, uh, which was a season high for them um, on, on Thursday night. So um, it'll be interesting to see if the Jazz can, you know, I think this is a, a – a, a, a more difficult week coming up than um, the schedule suggests, right? Like, oh yeah, Sacramento, Sacramento, Memphis at at Oklahoma City, who are tough, yeah. and then you got two games against the Pelicans back to back. Yeah, two games against the Pelicans, home, but and even and, and even and I think even the Pelicans game. Look, the Kings suck. The Grizzlies back. are scuffling, and the Thunder really just—they're not a good team, but they play hard. I, I disagree they with you on this, so Tony. Hard. I think they're about to. I think this could be really, really nice to help ramp up Rudy Gay, actually, because you got five games where you're going to get to play around a little bit. Not that Utah well, 
tends to do that. But I think that you are going to be able to see some experimentation here, out of, think, like especially think, with Rudy. I think the Kings. I think the Kings are tough, especially a Golden One Center. I think that that's that's they're a tough out of Golden One Center. I think I think the Jazz. The Jazz have long had issues from day one of John John Morant's career. They've had issues dealing with John Morant, so I think that that's going to be, I think that's going to be tough. Um, like you said, Oklahoma City plays super hard. That's going to be a Wednesday night before Thanksgiving. There's going to be nobody there. Um, that's that's going to be a tough game because you you're going to have to figure out, um, you're going to have to self generate the energy. Your, your own energy and um you know n- now they should beat the pelicans they they should they they should have they sh- they should beat the pelicans so you know i mean if the jazz play well if they if from night to night they're they're consistent they have a chance to be 5 and 0 in the next five they do have a chance yeah if they even if they, I mean, they still have a chance to be four and one in the next five, but they also have a chance to be three and two or something like that in the next five, because, you know, those are teams like the Raptors were a team. The Raptors are a team, were a team. And I, I made the point at halftime. You just can't show up and beat. You got to play well to beat them. And, you know, outside of the Pelicans, the, those, those three, outside of the Pelicans, the Jazz are going to have to play well to win all three of those games. So if they don't play well, they're going to be in danger of losing one of those games or two of them. Yeah. Well, uh, Tony, I think we're, we're going to be able to check in at some point uh, next week, early next week, and, and kind of see how the first couple of games have gone. So we'll be back with another episode, hopefully before Thanksgiving. But if not, I hope everybody has a, a happy Thanksgiving if you celebrate it. Uh, at least... Enjoy the time off from work and hopefully around family or, you know, sitting with your Nintendo Switch in the corner, ignoring everybody, which is uh, also sounds like a good time, Tony. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Well, for Tony Jones, I'm Dave DeFore. This has been Game Notes, your Utah Jazz podcast on The Athletic. We'll talk to you guys next week.